Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome to new listeners. Have you ever worried that someone will find out that you or your child has dyslexia? Welcome to episode 37 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we're talking about the stigma surrounding dyslexia. Now, before we jump in, I would love if you share this podcast with a friend or educator you know so we can keep spreading the word about dyslexia, because that's actually a big part of the theme of this week's episode. So for this episode topic, it actually came from a parent who is a Dyslexia Devoted podcast listener, which I absolutely love. Keep sending in your questions and episode requests because I know enough about dyslexia. I'm here to help you. So I can only do that if you tell me what you really, really want to learn about. This request came via email, so I'm actually just going to read the message, but obviously leaving off the name of the person and their child so that you can really get the true feelings behind the question before I answer it. And then for the answer, I'm going to do a mixture of speaking from the heart of my gut response, as well as an actual planned uh, conversation about the stigma surrounding dyslexia. All right, so the email says... I am very new to the dyslexia diagnosis, and even though there are stories of successful people who have overcome dyslexia's challenges, Charles Schwab, Albert Einstein, etc., how does it translate for a grade school child? The Success Stories podcast was emotional for me because I didn't think the opportunities that you mentioned existed for somebody with dyslexia. Once a dyslexic child has an IEP, don't private high schools and colleges discriminate against them? I would think that if they have a choice, they would choose the child that doesn't need the extra resources. When I signed up my daughter for Russian math, there was a checkbox for IEP, and then my wheels started turning. All right, that's the end of the email. Those are extremely fair questions. And for a grade school child, I would say that any school who would try to discriminate against the child who needs extra support is a school you don't want to go to. (laughs) So anytime that you are worried that they really will judge differently or wouldn't want your child, that means that even if you did get in, that school wouldn't help you. And so we have to think about the grand scheme of things is what is best for the kid right now. And we have to think about the idea that sometimes these like really great competitive schools to get into that promise these great successful kids. That's not really how the world works. Nobody cares where you went to fifth grade in terms of your great grand world of how successful you become in life. So we have a family friend who has eight kids and they all went to these fancy expensive private schools and only about half of them actually went on to do big fancy things. The grand illusion of how these high pressure schools will provide this instant success that you will be a better person if you go to them. For perspective, I am a public school kid through and through, started my college career in community college because we couldn't afford schooling, we barely had enough to eat. I run a business right now. I ran a school through a pandemic and none of my teachers hated me. And so I was able to be extremely successful without getting into any fancy schools. I went to state colleges. I went to public school. And yet I run a business all by myself that is very successful. People are led to believe you have to have this great upbringing and be in all the best schools to be successful. And that's not it at all. And so if you find a school that you don't think is going to support your child, don't put them there at all. That means that school probably isn't the best place for them. On the flip side, sometimes it is pretty great to get into those schools because sometimes it helps you build connections with other people. And as much as we wish it wasn't true, 
Sometimes the world is really about who you know, not what you know. And so if you do want to get into those schools, then be honest with them because they have to be able to accept a child for who they are. And if you are honest with them and say, hey, my child has dyslexia, they're very intelligent, their IQ is right on par, if not above average, and they just need to be able to listen to audiobooks. They can do all the same assignments. They aren't going to have any trouble doing the work that you assign them. We have a tutor that's already going to support them so you don't have to do anything extra. You know, whatever it is that you think you need to do, but making sure that you let them know that, yes, this is a factor. And if they aren't willing to help with that factor, don't go to that school. And if they are willing to be like, oh, okay, cool, no big deal. Thank you for letting us know. We'll make sure we get your child set up with our student services. Because some of these really great schools have great student services centers, and they do have learning specialists. And they do have it where instead of an extra elective, then the student gets to go to the special study hall where there's teachers every single day that help them with their assignments. You want to be able to be honest with whatever school you apply to so that they can get the support they need. Because any school that's not going to support them isn't a good school, no matter what they say. Make sure that you can feel confident in sharing your story and sharing what your kid needs to be successful. And if they will be willing to support it, great. And if they're not willing to support it, that's not a good choice for your kid anyway. Our main topic of today is stigma. So the definition of stigma is a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. It's the idea that someone should be ashamed of who they are, and they shouldn't be. Dyslexia is nothing to be ashamed of. So why is that a problem? The more that we try to hide dyslexia, the more we are perpetuating the stigma that we hate so much. Hiding it makes people feel like there's something to be ashamed of, and there isn't. It makes it harder for the next person coming up behind them to learn that it's totally okay to have dyslexia. It's really not a big deal. It's actually one in five people. People just don't talk about it or know it or understand it. And it's just a different way of thinking and learning. And these differences are what makes the world an amazing place when all of us have different ideas and these creative, out-of-the-box dyslexic thinkers have created some pretty amazing things. So now that we know how bad it is to have a stigma and to be ashamed of dyslexia, we also now have to talk about how do we fight that stigma? How do we make things better for our kids now and the kids in the future who are still coming up behind them? I want you to take a minute to think about what that world would look like when there's no stigma surrounding dyslexia. And I'm going to share with you with what my world did look like working with a bunch of adults with dyslexia. I was running a lower school division of a school for dyslexia and therefore several teachers at our school have dyslexia because that's what motivated them to teach kids with dyslexia so that they could help kids that were like them that, you know, one had to have their mom learn how to teach kids with dyslexia, one went to a special school, and another had special tutors. And so they wanted to help future generations of dyslexics see what it looks like to be successful and have a career with dyslexia. And as those people's boss, I was also responsible for managing them and how their work got done. But it really isn't that big of a deal. You know what I did? I set up Grammarly on all of their computers so it fixed their spelling errors. I talked to each one of them about what are your specific challenges with dyslexia because it's not all the same. So one person had a really bad time with spelling and sometimes would spell similar words or would make more typos. Another person would transpose numbers. So I made sure anytime she wrote reports about math that I double checked her numbers. And it was not a matter of criticism. It was making sure that we have a system of checks and balances in place, which Let's be honest, any good job should have a system of checks and balances that works effectively without being judgmental. 
And that is what a true future of people with dyslexia should be, is that people know that it's a thing and it's not a big deal. And there's just certain systems in place to make sure that we are double checking things that really do need to be precise because there are things in life that have to be precise. Like in our case, it was, you know, reports that went to IEP meetings and stuff. We need to make sure that we set up systems and that they're just perfectly acceptable. Or something that I saw in somebody's email signature one day said, please forgive typos, I have dyslexia. And it was just a permanent email signature at the bottom of their emails. So it said like, any communications I write quickly are likely to have more spelling errors. And it was just a disclaimer that they put at the bottom and they just wore with pride. And I think that's what we need our future to look like. So how do we get there? We keep spreading the word about dyslexia. We talk about it. We let people know that maybe you or your child had to do things differently, but they can still make amazing progress. I actually had one family that applied to the school and the child had alopecia, meaning they had no hair, like at all. But the problem with that came... Not so much that people cared that they didn't have hair, but actually because people assumed the child had cancer, which they totally didn't. So everyone would treat him like he was dying when he definitely was not. He just was bald. And so what the family did is they wrote a letter both to the school explaining, you know, the condition and how he doesn't have hair and needs to wear a baseball cap more than most kids and, you know, keep his head from sunburning. And then they also had a family letter that they sent letters to other people in the class to understand what it was, what it meant, and that it really wasn't a big deal. And so that is one way to fight the stigma is if you are applying to schools that you write a letter. What does dyslexia look like for your child? Can your child really keep up with the rest of the class, but maybe just need extra support? Do you already have that support plan in place? Because some people already have tutors. So like there's one of my kids that I swear I might actually literally tutor her till she hits college. Maybe beyond if I can keep up with her academics. Because that's just the plan. That's her support system she has in place, is that she has somebody that can help coach her through how to get through all of her assignments. And that's okay. As long as you have a plan, it doesn't matter what the plan is. Each person's plan might look different. Some kids have dyslexia, but they're completely remediated and need no further support. So even if they had an IP in the past or had struggles with reading, they may have overcome their challenges because they had the right support when they were younger. Sometimes writing a letter can go a long way in explaining what it looks like for you and your family for somebody to have dyslexia. And then one of the other things that you can do is share success stories with other parents so that they can feel that sense of hope. So many people, when they first find out their kid has dyslexia, it feels like a, you know, a death sentence, so to speak, of like, this kid will never grow up to be successful. When really, that's not the case at all. So the best way that you can fight the stigma is show examples of winning. And that's actually going to be my theme of next week's episode is characters with dyslexia that show perseverance and success. So that one's coming soon. That one's already got my wheels turning. I already have a pile of ideas. So we want to be able to share that sense of hope for the future. We want people to know that there's nothing to dread just because somebody has dyslexia. With the right interventions, most of the time kids become grown-ups that no one has any idea has dyslexia unless they just choose to tell someone. In fact, it's actually possible to get a diagnosis of remediated dyslexia when a student has made so much progress that they start to test in the average range in their reading assessments despite having dyslexia. It is something that can absolutely be overcome with the right interventions. And I need you to make it okay to tell others. Share the strategies that really work so that people coming up behind you don't have to struggle as much as you did. So they don't have to do so much trial and error because they know what to do in the first place. If we keep spreading the word about what lets people with dyslexia be successful, then that's how we help future people continue to be successful and to remove the stigma so no one's ashamed to say, I have dyslexia. 
which I was so proud of this little girl one day. I was tutoring her by a swimming pool because I didn't have an office at the time. And it was in between swim practice and whatever else the kid was doing. And it was just a location outside that we were able to do it without messing with our schedules too much. And so I'm working with her and she was in the summer between third and fourth grade. And she's reading Frog and Toad, which was a big deal for this kid. And so this other kid walks up over to her going, what are you reading? You're reading Frog and Toad? That's a baby book. And she turns and gives her the biggest scowl and says, I have dyslexia. Be quiet. I'm doing just fine. I'm doing so much better. Or something along that line. I couldn't have been more proud if I, you know, tried. I may have possibly shed a tear or two in how much pride I had for her to be able to just fight back and say, I have dyslexia. It was just so amazing to see that she was okay with it. She would accepted it. She knew what she needed to get done. She knew how she would be successful. She knew she was making progress. And she just had to make sure everybody else knew it too. So instead of feeling bad about herself, she chose to wear it with pride. So to help you on your journey of finding success with dyslexia, I found a new book, which full disclosure, I have not actually read all the way yet, but I'm so excited to read it because I've been so busy creating the Discovering Dyslexia course to help parents like you um, help with dyslexia that I haven't had time to finish reading this book. But I have a very long plane ride for ski week, so I have a feeling this will be happening on the plane. It is called Looking for Heroes. And I'm actually going to just read the Amazon description for it because I don't think I could possibly word it any better. And then I'll put the link to it in the show notes if you want to check out this book. So here is the bio. An estimated 13 million students in the United States have dyslexia a neurological disorder that impairs reading. Reading quickly and accurately is often the key to success in school. Without it, many dyslexics struggle and fail. Some, however, go on to achieve wild success. How? In this true story, dyslexic high school student Aidan Colvin decides to ask them. Over the course of one year, he writes 100 letters to successful dyslexics. He doesn't expect anyone to write him back and is genuinely surprised when people do. This book features letters from writer John Irving, Arctic explorer Anne Bancroft, surgeon and CEO Delos Cosgrove, sculptor Thomas Sayer, I don't know if I pronounced that properly, sorry Mr. Thomas, poet Philip Schultz, and others. It also features conversations with comedian Jay Leno and filmmaker Harvey Hubble. So, I want you to find a few more dyslexia success stories and uh, check out this book if you think that this might help you overcome some of that stigma and know that it's totally okay and you can be successful. For a kid who's still in school, what does it look like? Sometimes it just looks like the kid being okay using an audiobook. It looks like the kid developing the ability to say, I have dyslexia, I'm just going to do this differently, but I'm still going to get it done. I can still do it. Next week when I share some awesome characters with dyslexia. And when I say characters, some of them are real life people. They're not actually just characters, but they're more like average humans. Not everybody becomes a famous superstar, but so the superstars are just easier to tell their stories because it's easy to find information on them to share with you guys. All right, to recap this week's episode. First, we talked about any school who's going to judge you for having dyslexia and isn't going to want to let your kid in is not a school you want to go to. And that if you want to apply to those schools and you think they really can help you, Maybe try writing a letter to tell them what dyslexia looks like for your child and assuring them that your child is still a superstar 
who can totally do what everybody else can do, just might have to do a couple things differently. We talked about the definition of stigma is a mark of disgrace and that it's terrible for people with dyslexia to be having a stigma because it gives them feelings of shame and hopelessness that they should not feel. It's nothing to be ashamed of and they are definitely not hopeless. And then we also talked about ways to fight the stigma of dyslexia by spreading awareness and the stories of success and ways to help overcome the struggles of dyslexia so that people coming up behind you can also feel those successes and we can make it just a normal part of our society that we just know everyone thinks differently. And sometimes that's super awesome because they come up with all of these amazing out-of-the-box ideas that leads to great inventions and ideas and companies and businesses that can thrive. Help me spread the word about dyslexia fight the stigma. And before you go, don't forget to share this podcast with a friend or educator so that you know that we can keep spreading the word about dyslexia and fight that stigma. Thinking differently makes the world a better place. All right, that's all friends. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.